welcome to the Seed to Sow podcast. I am Lisa Weathers Hall, and I am excited to share a word from the Lord with you today. I pray that you will be encouraged by what God speaks to us through this message. Prepare to cross over. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 8 through 12. Observe, therefore, all the commands I am giving you today, so that you may have the strength to go in and take over the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, and so that you may live long in the land the Lord swore to your ancestors to give them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. The land you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt, from which you have come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot as in a vegetable garden. But the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. It is a land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. Prepare to cross over. As we open a window into this passage of scripture, Moses and the Israelites were in the territory of Moab, in the area where the Jordan River flows into the Dead Sea. This was an important time in the lives of God's people. They were stopped, camped out at an important place for an important reason. Moses was about to transfer leadership to Joshua, and Moses was delivering his farewell addresses to prepare the people for their entrance into Canaan. Moses reminded them of their covenant with God and emphasized the great love God had for them. Moses knew he was at the end of his life. He knew he would not enter the promised land with them. And he wanted the Israelites to understand the importance of being totally committed to the Lord in worship and obedience. There was a book published recently called Finding the Mother Tree. It is written by a professor and forest ecologist, Suzanne Sinard, who has for more than a decade studied the interconnectedness of trees. She theorized a long time ago that trees communicate with each other through their root systems. Other scientists at first doubted her theories, but her research has proved her right. One of the interesting discoveries is that when a a tree is dying, even in the case of a forest fire or a tree being cut down, before the tree dies, It signals and transmits nutrients to the young trees around it. In other words, the dying tree leaves something that promotes the growth of the young trees in the surrounding forest. I believe one of our greatest responsibilities as believers, as parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles, is to tell our children and grandchildren about our faith journeys. They need to hear the stories of how God miraculously helped us, kept us, led and guided us. My brother and I were recently reflecting 
about the faith stories we knew about our parents. He knew some I had not heard, and I knew some he had not heard. But as we talked, we were reminded of the rich heritage of faith we have, and we both concluded that we want our children and younger relatives and our grandchildren to hear these stories. Have you shared a miracle story with someone in your family? Do it today. Moses reminded the Israelites that they had seen with their own eyes what God had done for them. Moses said, Remember today that your children were not the ones who saw and experienced the discipline of the Lord your God. His majesty, his mighty hand, his outstretched arm, the signs he performed and the things he did in the heart of Egypt. What he did to the Egyptian army, to its horses and chariots, how he overwhelmed them with the waters of the Red Sea as they were pursuing you and how the Lord brought lasting ruin on them. But it was your own eyes that saw all these great things the Lord has done. This was a time of preparation before the Israelites crossed over into Canaan. There is often a period of preparation before God does a great thing in our lives. This moment of stopping, of pause, of reflection was an opportunity to stop and consider what great things God had already done and what would be required of them to carry out God's plan for them in the future. God reserves times of preparation for us as he plans for us to cross over into greater usefulness deeper intimacy with him, and more abundant spiritual blessings. As believers, we are not to stagnate in our development, but we need to realize that God is always preparing us for greater things for us to cross over into. I want to share three things I believe we need to do to prepare to cross over. First, Plot your position. When a navigator of a ship plots his position on a piece of paper, he looks at his place in relation to latitudinal and longitudinal coordinates. In a spiritual sense, plotting your position means taking a good, hard look at where you have come from and where you are. At the beginning of this chapter, Moses implores the Israelites to reflect on all that they have seen God do up to this moment. As they prepared across the Jordan into Canaan, it was important for them to recognize the times they had fallen short and they needed more than ever to be fully and firmly committed to the Lord. It was very late in their lives that my parents shared an experience they had and trying to catch a bus from Tennessee to Texas shortly after their marriage. Again and again, they were denied seats on the bus and had to spend the night in the bus station. When they told the story, they didn't elaborate on the racist practices of the bus company and pushing them aside. They shared about how God had kept them and allowed them to enjoy a delicious breakfast, 
even as they waited through the night. Moses reminded the Israelites of the amazing and miraculous things God had done out of love for them. While the most prominent thing in their minds at that moment might have been their deliverance from Egypt and their desire to move quickly across the Jordan to Canaan. But Moses invited them to reflect on the fact that even before God overwhelmed the Egyptian army in the waters of the Red Sea, God had performed many signs and miracles while they were in Egypt. Have you ever stopped to reflect on how God kept you in the midst of your most difficult trials? Have you considered how with his mighty hand and outstretched arm he has held you up in those times when you were out of help and empty of resources and you could do nothing but trust him? We are hardly ready for God's delivering power until we have an appreciation for his keeping power. These moments of reflection are opportunities too for us to be honest with ourselves and with God about just where we are in our walk of faith, to take a good, long, hard look at the things we still need to put away, the ways we have fallen short in the past, and the things that have diminished the effectiveness of our witness, reduced our productivity, and sapped our joy. Wherever we find ourselves, however we have fallen short in the past, God has promised that he will forgive us. He will deliver us. He will restore us. Joel chapter 2 verse 25 says, I will give back the years the locust has eaten. Plot your position. But whatever you do, don't allow regret to keep you from crossing over to the new thing God wants to do in your life. Plot your position, but don't stay there. Keep looking up. Keep getting up. Keep going up. Second, prepare to take possession. Someone has spoken a simple but profound truth. When you get saved, something is supposed to change. Let me take that a step further. When we are saved and indwelt and empowered by the Holy Spirit, everything is supposed to change. Our priorities change. Our focus changes. Our heart's desires change. Our thinking changes, our habits change, our time management changes, our planning changes, our worship changes, our relationships change. Moses told the Israelites to put above and before everything else the word of God. He said in verses 8 through 9, Observe therefore all the commands I am giving you today so that you may have the strength to go in and take over the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. The plan was for them to go in and take over the land, not slip in quietly and unobtrusively, 
but to take over the land they were crossing to possess. When we read and meditate on the word of God, we are strengthened in our faith to not only know the promises of God, but to claim them as done. To take possession of all his word makes available to us. Third and finally, learn to expect supernatural provision. Verses 10 through 12 say, the land you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot as in a vegetable garden. But the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. It is a land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to the end. Moses said, the land you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt. In other words, you need to leave your Egypt ways behind. They were entering a land that drinks rain from heaven, a land the Lord cares for. No longer are they dependent on what they could humanly produce. God wants us to put away our self-reliance and our meager human productivity, but to expect that he will overtake, overwhelm, and overshadow all that we think or ask. When we learn to expect supernatural provision, we understand that we can lean and depend on God for our every need, that we can trust in him, that the God who would give his only begotten son for us is more than willing and able to provide for us. When a baby is born and begins to grow up, we celebrate every step toward independence. We measure the child's maturity by how independent he becomes. But the opposite is true of born-again believers. You see, we measure our maturity by how dependent we are on our Father. The more we know him, the more we depend on him for every need, large and small. We began to understand that it is not an unusual thing for God to do the unexpected, the impossible, the unimaginable. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I was playing the other day with a five-year-old. We were playing a make-believe story, and we began to move from side to side with our arms rocking. And we said, the boat is rocking from side to side. And we moved from side to side. The little five-year-old repeated my words. The boat is rocking. The boat is rocking from side to side. And I said, who are we going to call? And he said, who are we going to call? I said, Jesus, help us. And Jesus said, 
peace be still. After going through the story a few times, I was really tired and I was ready to do something else. I began to walk away. I said, we'll play some more later. But after a few minutes, the little five-year-old came and grabbed my hand. He said, let's go back to the boat. Why do we need to learn to expect supernatural provision? Because times are filled with swift transition. None on earth unmoved can stand. You better build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Things may be okay today. And you may be okay today. But at some point, we all have to go back to that rocking boat. And we all have to call on Jesus and say, Jesus, help us. The moat may be rocking from side to side. Life is like that sometimes. There's one challenge after another, one storm after another. But when we learn to expect supernatural provision, we know it's going to be all right. You see, his eyes, the eyes of our Lord, our God, are continually on us from the beginning to the end. Amen. again next week for the Seed to Sow podcast with Reverend Lisa Weathers Hall. You can also reach us by email at seed to sow ministry at gmail.com S-E-E-D-T-O-S-O-W ministry at gmail.com God bless you.